This is Monsignor Kevin Hale with the homily for Christmas 2019. When we hear the word Christmas, many things may come to mind, such as school nativity plays, Christmas parties, shopping, singing carols, giving and receiving gifts, and there is, of course, Father Christmas himself, all of which makes us feel warm and cosy in a good way. But there are also the thoughts that perhaps we have domesticated Christmas a bit too much and made it a bit too cosy. After all, the actual story of the birth of Jesus doesn't bear much resemblance in reality to the cosy representations that we create in our cribs and nativity plays. When Christmas is only a nice little sentimental family day, then something essential is being missed, because Christmas is an unsettling and very subversive feast from our Christian standpoint. Now the Gospel of St Luke is the great telling of the Christmas story. It's a very confrontational story, and it begins by telling us of Quirinius, the Roman governor of Syria, and Caesar Augustus, the king of the world. And Caesar is doing something which demonstrates his power, a census of the whole world. That means that he'll know everything about his people so that he can control them. But then Luke tells us that he's not primarily interested in telling us about Caesar, who is an old king. He's interested in this new baby king who is arriving. So the story of Jesus starts to unfold. He is being born, not in a palace like Caesar Augustus, but for this new king, there isn't even room for him in the Bethlehem hostel. They wrap him up in swaddling clothes and lay him in a manger. Now the freest person in the ancient world was Caesar Augustus, who could do whatever he wanted. When he spoke, he was listened to, and his will was carried out all over the world. He was the freest person. But the real king, Luke is saying, is actually bound up in swaddling clothes, too weak even to raise his head. The point is that the true king is the one who is bound to the other in love, who becomes weak for the sake of the other. Not the one who is protected in his palace, but the one who is prepared to become vulnerable in love. He is placed in a manger where the angels come to eat. Yet the best fed figure in the ancient world would be Caesar Augustus in his palace on the Palatine Hill where he could snap his fingers and have whatever he wanted of food and drink. But the real king, the real emperor of the world, St Luke says, is not the one who feeds himself, but the one who is placed in the manger. So he becomes food for the world. That is meant to be an anticipation of Jesus' whole life, coming to a summit at the Last Supper, when he says, this is my body, this is my blood, food and drink for you. That's the real food. That's the real life. Now, we all love the details about the angels, but again, we can become sentimental about the angels, but we shouldn't, because in the Bible, the typical response to an angel is fear, not awe. Oh, isn't that lovely? Isn't that nice? Isn't that cute? People
people are normally overwhelmed at the sight of an angel because this supernatural reality of the angels has broken into our world. Angels always say, don't be afraid, because the implication is people are afraid. So when an angel appears to the shepherds, they're afraid. The angel says, I've got good news for you. A new king has been born, not that old one in Rome, not a worldly king, but this new one who is in swaddling clothes and laid in a manger. That's the real king. Go visit him. Then there appeared a whole host of angels. The Greek word for this means literally a strategy, a, a whole army. The man who had the biggest army in the world was Caesar Augustus. That's why he was so powerful. But his army, so Luke is saying, is nothing compared to the army of this baby, who has the real army, the army of angels. And they have as their weapon the weapons of heaven, which are the weapons of love and compassion and forgiveness and non-violence, which is the power that makes the universe. And this baby king is in charge of that angelic army. So Christmas is a subversive feast. The story is a subversive story. What it's saying is, what it's asking, is which army are you with? Which king do you follow? Do you follow Caesar and all his thousands of successors down to the present day? Well, most of us sinners will say in different ways, I'm with Caesar because I want to be well protected and powerful. I want to live in a palace and be well fed and watered. I want the good life. So Luke is saying, okay, that's the choice. But the army that God wants you to belong to is that of the baby king and his angelic army, which means not the way of worldly success, worldly power, worldly comfort, but the way of love, of compassion, of non-violence. So which army are you with? Because Christmas isn't just about a nice, cosy family feast. There's nothing wrong with us celebrating, and we should. But we have to let the spiritual power of this day shine through first and foremost. Christmas offers us two possibilities, two options. To live this life and all that life throws at us alone, or to live it with Jesus Christ. That's the question the infant king addresses to you and to me at Christmas. The early fathers and saints of the church say that God became human so that humans could become God. There is nothing more radical and wonderful than this ever. And because of that, I can wish you all a very happy Christmas. Let us pray. O God, who wonderfully created the dignity of human nature and still more wonderfully restored it, grant, we pray, that we may share in the divinity of Christ, who humbled himself to share in our humanity, who lives and reigns for ever and ever. Amen.